This episode of Yap is sponsored by Olay Body. Why do you shower? The most obvious answer is cleanliness, but there's way more to it. If you listen to Yap, you know that cold showers can improve your energy and increase your alertness. But I bet you didn't know that taking a shower as part of your morning routine can positively influence your mood for the rest of the day. For me, feeling fresh and clean helps me increase levels of mood-boosting hormones like serotonin, which ultimately leads to improved confidence, better overall mood, and motivation throughout my day. And now my showers are even better since Olay just launched a new collection of skincare-inspired body washes that are designed to treat a variety of skin conditions, like Olay's soothing body wash with vitamin B3 complex and oat extract, which is specifically made to soothe eczema-prone skin. And my favorite part about it is that it's completely fragrance-free and it leaves me feeling super clean without a sticky, filmy residue. You need to give these Olay body washes a try. They completely changed how I thought about my body care routine and my shower. You can find Olay body care products in the store or online. Olay Body, fearless in my skin. You're listening to Yap, Young and Profiting Podcast, a place where you can listen, learn, and profit. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Hala Taha, and on Young and Profiting Podcast, we investigate a new topic each week and interview some of the brightest minds in the world. My goal is to turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your everyday life, no matter your age, profession, or industry. There's no fluff on this podcast, and that's on purpose. I'm here to uncover value from my guests by doing the proper research and asking the right questions. If you're new to the show, we've chatted with the likes of ex-FBI agents, real estate moguls, self-made billionaires, CEOs, and best-selling authors. Our subject matter ranges from enhancing productivity, how to gain influence, the art of entrepreneurship, and more. If you're smart and like to continually improve yourself, hit the subscribe button because you'll love it here at Young and Profiting Podcast. This week on Yap, we're chatting with Martha Beck, best-selling author, life coach, and speaker. Martha is known for her unique combination of science, humor, and spirituality, and is famous for being Oprah Winfrey's life coach. Martha holds three Harvard degrees, and for over two decades, she has been, in the words of NPR and USA Today, the best-known life coach in America. Her published works include several self-help books and memoirs, and her latest book, The Way of Integrity, Finding the Path to True Self, was an instant New York Times bestseller. Tune into this episode as Martha shares how not telling a lie for a year drastically altered her life and how to know if you aren't following your truth. We'll also chat about culture versus nature, and I'll get into an emotional discussion about something I've been personally going through. And lastly, we'll get Martha's guidance on how to live our life with the utmost integrity and her alternative to a hustler's mentality. Hey, Martha, welcome to Young and Profiting Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm super excited to talk to you today. You are a best-selling author. You are a life coach, most notably Oprah's life coach, which is huge. <laughs> and, you know, you have so many accolades. I want to talk about your background and I want to talk about your new book, The Way of Integrity. But before we do that, I love to give my listeners context. I love to give them background and especially for those who might not know you. And so I thought a good place to start was when you were 29 years old. At 29, you had a New Year's resolution that you weren't going to tell a lie for an entire year. And I want to understand 
what was life for you at 29? Like, what were you up to at 29? And how did that year and that promise to yourself change your life? Okay. So yeah, I was like cruising where my family and my culture had sent me, really. I mean, we're all born with our own particular genetic profile, and then we start getting social pressure even before we can talk. In my case, um, I grew up in a very, very Mormon household in a very, very Mormon community. And uh, then I went off to Harvard when I was 17, and, and I was there for the next many years because I did my BA, and then I stayed for an MA and a PhD. And um, I was miserable, completely and totally miserable. I wasn't happy when I was in Utah, and I wasn't happy when I was in Cambridge. In both places, I was basically bending myself to fit the culture. So, you know, if if you have a a family culture that wants you to be happy all the time and you don't feel good, you, you may pretend to be happy. The moment you leave your truth and pretend something else, you start to suffer. And typically you don't even notice it. You're just like, you're doing everything for approval. So I was doing everything I could for approval in two very different cultures, neither of which actually fit my personality. And I was so unhappy. I was depressed. My body was, my 20s were like most people's 90s. I had so many health problems. And when I was 29, they said, okay, everybody tells you the truth will set you free. All right, I'm not going to tell a lie. And I didn't. (laughs) And things got much worse and much better at the same time. And they stayed much better. The worse when it came to pass and the and the better stayed for a long, long time, still still going on that. So yeah, it's a really violent way to decide that you're going to live in complete integrity. But it sure does get the job done if you decide not to lie for a whole year. Uh, <laughs> my book doesn't recommend such drastic measures. <laughs> so from my understanding, people lie all the time. And you say there's three types of lies people say. And we'll say multiple lies in a span of 10 minutes. Uh, and it, they could be white little lies, but tell us about how often we lie and why that's so problematic. Yeah, most people lie at, to each other at least three times within 10 minutes of meeting. And repeatedly throughout that, most women, by the way, lie to make other people feel good. And most men lie to make themselves look better a little bit. And that's not a judgment. That's how the culture teaches us to act, right? But even the tiniest little white lie, like, how are you doing? I'm fine. I'm not fine. I'm sad and my body's achy. The moment you depart from your truth, the body has an incredibly strong reaction. This is why polygraph machines work. The moment you just say anything that isn't true for you or do anything that isn't true for you, your immune system suffers. Your muscles get immensely weaker. They get so much weaker. It's incredible. Your whole everything starts to go wrong the moment you stray from your truth. Wow, that's that's really powerful. So back to 29 years old, you decided that you weren't going to tell a lie for an entire year. How did that change your life? What changed for you? So I ended up leaving or losing my religion. My family of origin went with that because, you know, in a very, very religious community, and if you leave the religion, you're not really good with the people. So all the friends I'd made before the age of 17, I realized I didn't like my job. My father was a professor. I was a professor because you do what you see, right? Uh, But I didn't like academia. So I quit the whole industry. The only way I knew how to make money 
uh, realized I was gay. So there went my marriage, left my home, left like had to move to another state to get away from the, (laughs) I fled Utah. So yeah, everything looked like it was falling apart. And my life had looked so bright and shiny before that, right? Now it looked like a complete mess. And I came out of depression. I started being able to sleep well for the first time in my life. I had a whole clutch of autoimmune diseases that all, they're they're all incurable. They all went into remission. So I got healthy and happy for the first time in the midst of these catastrophic losses. Wow. So it's kind of like you had like your best year and your worst year. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. And you had to go through (laughs) hell and back to kind of get there. So tell us, I know in your new book, you talk about Dante and you really, you believe that his book was like the first self-help book. Give us the example of Dante and kind of how it relates to your story and how everybody can use that story to kind of come out of the chaos, you know, better on the other side. Well, Dante begins the Divine Comedy by saying, in the middle of life, I came to myself in a dark and terrifying place, and I didn't know how I got there or why or how to get out. And I I remember reading that at 18 and going, oh, I've been there. (laughs) And then he tries to get out, he scrambles and he climbs and nothing works. And then finally he meets a teacher who says, you have to go through the inferno to get out of here. And the inferno is hell, it's a pit. And he goes through it and he talks to all the demons. And to me, those represent our inner demons and the, the lies we tell ourselves that we don't even know about. Most of the people in Dante's hell did nothing wrong. They were just trying to be good. Most people don't know that. But he goes to the very center of the earth, the lowest possible place. And his teacher says, you've got to keep going. And he's like, there is no more. And the teacher says, no, go. And so he has to climb on the body of the monster Satan who's locked in a lake of ice at the center. And as he passes the center point of the earth, without changing direction, he's now going up because he's coming away from the center of the earth. And I remember reading that and thinking, right, that rings true. I'm going to go. have to go down to the things that caused me to suffer, and the only way out is through. And that just felt true to me. And I decided, all right, I'm going to do that. Oh, my gosh. It's so powerful. It seems so, like, simple, but it's so true. Like, you have to go through all that pain, actually acknowledge it, and then you can kind of come out the other side and heal yourself. It reminds me, I had a Holocaust survivor on my show, Dr. Edith Eager, and she talked about how you kind of need to release the trauma, talk about it, talk about it to someone, or else it's always just going to hurt you physically, mentally. You're never going to be able to get over it. So I want to talk about something that happened 10 years after you were 29 years old. You you wrote a new book and it was all about leaving the saints. It was all about, um, some people say it was not denouncing being Mormon, but essentially like you kind of unearthed some things that many people didn't know unless you were in it. Right. And it caused a lot of controversy. So tell us about that book, why you decided to write it, what happened to you when you wrote it? Um, because that also, I feel like really aligned with you speaking your truth and, and not being afraid of culture. Yeah, it really did. So during that year of not lying at all, when everything comes up, when you stop lying, the truth arises and the truths you've been trying to hold down come up. And one of the things that came up for me was that I'd been sexually abused by my father when I was very young, like five. And he was a very important figure in Mormonism. He was the the foremost defender of the faith, a scholarly defender of the faith. And I think it actually made him 
go crazy, quite literally, because he was defending things that were obviously false. So for that story to be out there and for people to be joining Mormonism, I was trained as a sociologist. And one of the things that I started to see was that there was kind of an epidemic of abuse of girls and women in that very fundamentalist community. And I thought, okay, I now have a public voice. I'd been published. And I thought, okay, I kind of owe it to the world. Alexander Solzhenitsyn says, there's a time when silence is a lie. And I thought, my silence is a lie at this point. So I wrote down not just what happened to me, but what I thought was happening to a lot of people and the fundamental, I'm just going to say it, the fundamental lies that are at at the heart of some of the beliefs of the Mormon faith. And those people who are on the fringes like that, they're not only more likely to be abusive, they're quite violent. (laughs) So I got death threats. I knew I would. I had threats against my children. Anyone who had helped me got threats, legal action. I was told I would be put in prison for the rest of my life. It It was really, really sporty in there. It wasn't fun. But again, the freedom that I got from that the freedom from the trauma, the freedom from the the tentacles of the culture. If I hadn't done that, I think I'd be dead now from illness, not from being (laughs) attacked. (laughs) Yeah, I I can't but help but relate this to something personal for me. So as I was reading your work and understanding what you've been through, it really struck a chord with me because I'm Palestinian. All my listeners know I'm 100% Palestinian. I'm so American. I'm so liberal. I have have so many Jewish friends. I am the least anti-Jewish person. I've interviewed a Holocaust survivor, like I just mentioned before. I'm pro-human. You know, I'm anti-racist. You know what I mean? And so there's a lot going on in Israel and all of the human rights organizations have said that Israel is an apartheid state. And for me, it's like our culture knows apartheid is bad, right? Our culture knows that police brutality is bad, right? And there's so many, like morally, we know that's wrong. But when we talk about Palestinian freedom, we're called anti-Semitic, anti-Jewish, when it's really like, no, I'm, I'm pro-human rights. I just want people to be able to drive on the same roads, to get equal amounts of water, you know, to not be brutally massacred and ethnically cleansed and kicked out of their homes that they've been living for hundreds of years just because they're not Jewish. That's racist, you know? And as an influencer who has a platform now, I have all this turmoil because I'm like, do I speak on it? Because I've experienced it. Like I've been in the airport where my father, who was a freaking angel who passed away last year, was literally interrogated for hours. And when he used to be a doctor that would save hundreds of lives, like, you know what I mean? Treated like shit when he was just a good man. My grandfather died at a checkpoint and because he couldn't get to a hospital in time. So like I've witnessed this, like people, they used to break my windows in Palestine every summer because we had a pool and they were so mad that my family was doing well. So it's like, I've experienced the apartheid and racism myself as an American citizen. I would have to drive on different roads. Like I experienced it. So I know the truth inside of me. Like I've been there. I know the truth and I've had neck problems. Like All of a sudden, it's like I was so healthy and now I feel so sick sometimes because I'm sorry, I'm like crying. It's just because I just feel like I can't talk. I can't speak my truth because I'm worried that I'll lose my fans and that like I'll lose my relationships and all this thing I worked so hard for with the name like Halata to achieve, right? So I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional. It's just like, it's just so hard to feel like I'm unaligned with the truth, you know? Yeah. 
You're right in the crucible, in that place where silence is alive, but the truth is going to get you attacked. And I know what you're talking about. And, and I, in the book, I write about how the, this othering, it doesn't matter whether you're coming, what your perspective is. If you go into what I call, well, I call it the righteous mind. Dante calls it the violent mind. And it just says the other is bad. And it, you can, one thing I see a lot of is people who have been victims in the past then attacking other people um, because they feel justified. And the violence of the anger has nothing to do with the facts. It has nothing to do with the truth. It has, it's part of the brain that wants to clump together and then attack anyone who seems different. And you're, and it is insane. And if you give, I say, just look at the statistics, look at the actual facts of who's dying, right? And who's killing. Like, that's what's happening right now. And if you look at that and you say it out loud, there are people, I've had Jewish friends who got really mad at me because I agree with you about the apartheid system in that part of the world. And it's, here we are, and we're both going to lose followers over this. All right. Okay, what does it profit us if we gain the whole world and lose our own, our own souls? And the moment you start to, especially when you've been through it like you have, you have, you've been traumatized. And that Holocaust survivor was exactly right. You have to express the truth in your heart. And if you feel muzzled, that's, that's staying chained in hell. And speaking out is going to get you violent reactions from violent minds. But what I always say is there are two ways to get angry. One will save your life and one will ruin it. The first one, the well, the second one is the violence of rage that attacks to sort of protect some fictitious we are all alike and you are bad system. But the anger that saves you is the one that says, no, I'm going to get my principles in line. I'm going to define my values and I'm going to look at what is actually happening. So all the systems in our bodies have to agree. The heart has to agree. The soul has to agree. The body has to agree. That's why your body is struggling because you've been silent about something that you want to speak out about. And then the mind has to agree. The math has to work too. Like you have to be able to look at the facts. And the crazy thing about the violent mind is that if you show it facts that disprove what it believes, it believes itself even more. So it's very weird. And you have a public platform. You're just where I was, you know, where I said, I, I have a voice. I need to use it or silence is violence in that case. Young and profiters, they may call me the podcast princess, but I'm also the LinkedIn queen. I've been a LinkedIn influencer for six years now, and I teach one of the most popular courses about LinkedIn. And I love to teach sales on LinkedIn because when it comes to B2B sales, LinkedIn has got that on lock. LinkedIn is where all the decision makers are hanging out. There are 180 million senior level decision makers on LinkedIn and 10 million C-suite decision makers. These people are on LinkedIn and they're in the mode to buy. They're using LinkedIn for their buying journey to research vendors or sales reps that they might work with, to look up how to solve their problems, to Learn from industry thought leaders. They are in the mode to buy, whereas on other platforms, they're in the mode to be entertained. You want to get them in the right mindset. You want to cut through the noise with LinkedIn ads. In fact, 79% of B2B marketers rate LinkedIn as their top channel for paid media. And LinkedIn has the best targeting because they've got all these different inputs. 
people are putting their resume basically up on there. And so there's so many keywords that they can use to target the right decision makers so they can hear about how you solve their problems. And I've got a special gift for all you young and profiters who want to try LinkedIn ads. You can get a $100 credit. LinkedIn was super generous. If you want to make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign, go to linkedin.com slash yap, Y-A-P. Again, if you want to claim your credit, go to linkedin.com slash yap. Terms and conditions apply. Young and profiters, Yap Media is growing so fast. I have 10 open roles just this month. In the past, it would take me so long to find hires. I have to go on all these different job sites. I have to create my own skills assessments. That's why I let Indeed do a lot of this heavy lifting for me. Indeed is the powerful hiring platform where I can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed has things like skills assessments, where when we have specific roles, we can find an assessment that matches that role and we can make sure they have the skills that we need. Then I can focus on culture fit. I can make sure they're scrappy enough and are obsessed with excellence and do all the things that we need to do for them to fit in at YAP. And Indeed streamlines hiring with powerful tools like Instant Match. An Instant Match basically matches you with candidates as soon as you put up a job post with people who are qualified right away. It's instant. And the best part is it gets better as you use it. So now when I use Indeed, especially when I'm hiring for similar roles, I get people right away where they know that I'm gonna like the candidates because they can see what my preferences were in the past. It gets better as you use it. According to US Indeed data, the moment Indeed sponsors a job, over 80% of employers get candidates whose resumes are a perfect match for the position. It's like waving a magic wand that gets better as you use it. So I love using Indeed. We've found a lot of our A players on there Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide who count on Indeed to hire their next superstar like we do at Yap Media. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash profiting. Offer is good for a limited time. Claim your $75 sponsored job credit at indeed.com slash profiting. Again, that's indeed.com slash profiting and support the show by saying you heard about it on Young and Profiting Podcast. Again, it's indeed.com slash profiting to get your $75 credit. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Young and profiters, I'm about to be jet-setting all over the world. I'm going to London, Cancun, New Orleans, and New York to speak. I'm going to be up there with the bright lights, and I want to be spiffy. I want to look fresh. And so I'm going on a big shopping spree. I got to get clothes. I got to get hair stuff, skincare stuff, makeup. But I'm not going to feel guilty about this shopping spree because Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Rakuten is the shopping platform for savvy savers. From May 6th to May 13th, they're having their biggest cashback event of the year. I'm talking about 15% cashback at hundreds of stores with additional cashback bonuses. And they've got so many stores participating in their Big Give Week. So when it comes to clothes, I'm looking at Splendid and Good American. And when it comes to beauty, they've got so many good stores participating. They've got Ulta, Fenty, Bobbi Brown, Blue Mercury, and all the products that we love. Now we can get cash back. It's like getting a discount on the stuff you're going to buy anyway. It's absolutely amazing. They even have travel brands. So that's going to be super convenient for me with all my upcoming trips. Expedia, Hotels.com. You can get deals on everything from electronics to home goods to travel and beauty. Young and profiters, you're going to want to grab this limited time deal with both hands. 
you get high cashback rates for only eight days. So hurry, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app at R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. This episode of Yap is sponsored by LinkedIn Learning. Everyone's career is different and reaching your goals takes time. LinkedIn Learning offers courses based on the in-demand skills trending on LinkedIn taught by industry experts. So no matter where your career is headed, you can learn the skills to make it happen. Engineers are learning cutting edge languages to build better products. Salespeople are learning to ask better questions to make their quota. What courses will you take so the job you want becomes the job you get? For me, I just took a course called How to Make Strategic Thinking a Habit taught by one of our former Yap guests, Dory Clark. She was just on our Command Your Brand live event on Clubhouse and was also featured way back on episode number one. This course covers strategic thinking and decision-making because we all know working hard is important, but what's critical is making sure you're working on the right things. In the course, Dory tells us why we need to toss out our to-do list and how we can examine the root cause of problems to devise better solutions. I feel like since taking the course, I've been way more productive and I've been making the most of my time. LinkedIn Learning has a lot of great courses for you, no matter your stage in your career, and they cover everything from leadership to public speaking to technical and marketing tutorials for coders and designers. LinkedIn Learning is a great way to upskill and stand out amongst a sea of talent. No matter your goal, LinkedIn Learning helps you learn the skills to make it happen. LinkedIn Learning. Try for free for one month at linkedinlearning.com slash free month. That's linkedinlearning.com slash free month. This episode of Yap is sponsored by Olay Body. Guys, most of us are still working from home and not yet back at the office. And while it's nice to have all this flexibility with our schedules, it can wreak havoc on our routines. And in such uncertain times, it's more important than ever to create healthy routines. And that's why I think you shouldn't be skipping your morning shower, even though sometimes it's tempting to wait until later in the day. Those who shower in the morning or before they start their day tend to have a higher productivity level. If I don't take a shower in the morning, I feel sluggish, I feel unmotivated, and I know there's a lot of folks out there on a cold shower kick, but personally, I prefer a warm shower because it helps me relax my thoughts, it decreases my anxiety, and it even promotes creativity by giving me the space for some quiet and alone time with my thoughts. It's one of the only moments of the day that I'm not distracted by any pings and rings. And now my showers are even better because Olay just launched a new collection of skincare-inspired body washes that include premium skincare ingredients. I personally love Olay's soothing body wash with vitamin B3 complex and oat extract, which is perfect for eczema-prone skin. It's really hard for me to find a body wash that doesn't leave me feeling irritated, but Olay's soothing body wash with vitamin B3 complex and oat extract is extremely gentle and makes my skin feel so soft and so smooth and absolutely zero irritation. And the best part is this is truly a fragrance-free product. Fun fact, I only use fragrance-free products on my face, on my body, and I think that is the secret to looking young. In fact, I've been using Olay fragrance-free products since high school, and I often get told I 
look 10 years younger than I am. So thank you very much, Olay. I appreciate it. And you guys need to give these Olay body washes a try. They completely changed how I thought about my body care routine and my shower. You can find Olay's soothing body wash with vitamin B3 complex and oat extract and other Olay body care products in the store or online. Olay body, fearless in my skin. I really want to dig deep between this nature and culture. I really want people to understand, like, why is that so powerful? Like, how does culture shape all of our actions, our decisions? And how can we step back and look at whether we really believe this or whether society is kind of guiding us to believe that we believe something? Because I feel like we... We all believe, like with this example with Palestine and Israel, it's like we just believe because we have movies and just constant, the, the propaganda that Muslims are bad, white people are good. And, and you know what I mean? It's like, and we can't even see the facts for the facts because it's so ingrained in our minds. So tell us about that. Help us understand. So you're born pure and whole. And my book is called The Way of Integrity, but integrity doesn't mean a moral view, virtue. It just means you're whole and intact. So you have not betrayed yourself to please anyone else. So that's your nature, to be whole and at peace and one undivided thing. But the moment you think, okay, I what I feel in my heart, body, mind, soul is going against other people. So I'm going to abandon my true nature because of the pressure of culture. So I'll agree with the people around me and I will not even know that I'm not happy with it. So I often just ask people, are you comfortable? And they're like, yeah. I say, well, if you were home right now, would you be sitting in this position? They say, no. And I say, why not? And they say, because it's not comfortable. <laughs> and, and, and the interesting thing is that people look me in the eyes in clear daylight and swear that they're comfortable. And then a moment later, when I ask them what their body's saying, they realize they're not comfortable. So what we do is we go through life adjusting for the people around us so they'll approve of us getting more and more and more uncomfortable because we're straying from our whole true nature. And we're, we're in duplicity, which is two things, instead of integrity, which is one thing. And we need to, like with you, with your body, if I were coaching you right now, I'd have you do a lot of quiet sitting and relaxing and breathing and then going to the places in, like in your neck and say, what is, like, let's do it right now. Why not? So your neck hurts, you said. Okay, so let the pain, relax, breathe deeply, and let the pain get as big as it can be. So instead of resisting it, relax and let it become huge. All right? So is it getting bigger, smaller, warmer, colder? Just pay attention to that. It's like a, I can hear, feel it a little bit more. Okay, now let yourself go all the way into the pain so you don't feel anything else but that. And then as the pain... Say, what am I trying to express? What is your neck trying to tell you? <laughs> Probably stop working so hard. <laughs> you need to sleep. <laughs> That's number one. <laughs> and then also, I think do the right thing is like what keeps playing in my head. Interesting. Okay, so here's the great thing that your, your integrity first tells you to rest. So it will give you in every instance that you really get honest and let your body and your heart and your soul talk to your mind. They will tell you what to do first, second, third. So one of my good friends is, is Liz Gilbert who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. And I don't know if you've read that, but in the first scene, she's on the bathroom floor in torment because she, wants, she doesn't want to be married. And 
she starts to pray for the first time in her life. She doesn't really believe in God, but she starts to pray. And she sort of pours it all out of her heart. And she sort of feels in her heart a voice saying, go back to bed, Liz. And she said, this is why I knew it was true, because it didn't say, go forth and change reality. No, it was like, sweetheart, put yourself to bed. That's the first thing. And then we'll work on the next thing. So yes, you need to change the world and you are changing the world, Hala. But do you dare? Will you be brave enough? Will you be strong enough in your values to rest first and then keep speaking out? Can you do that? I have to because I feel like that's the best way to kind of put your best self forth is to make sure that you take care of yourself first. It's kind of like on an airplane, you know, you got to put your mask on first before you put it on somebody else. But I don't know if it's particular to like Arab cultures, but I've had friends from the Middle East who, and, and the, the, the work ethic is insane. Like work till you drop in your tracks. Is that what you <laughs> learned growing up? Yes. I had a very, very, very hardworking father. And I'm the type, I'm running a big company that's growing really fast and kind of working 16, 18 hour, like just being a little crazy. I think so. That's probably, that's probably where these neck problems are coming from too. Just always like hunched over on the computer. <laughs> you know what? There's a relationship there though, because one of the things, the exercises I have people do in the book is write a letter to the people who are ruining the world in whatever way causes you to be at attention. So one of mine is like climate change and destruction of animals and pollution of the earth. And then so write a letter to them telling them everything they should do and then go to the top of the letter and cross out their name and put yours. Because if you don't do it first, you can't lead that part of the world. If you're not in integrity yourself, it's like trying to build an, an airplane out of broken parts, right? You So when you say, I, I want to be treated better, I don't want to be in this crisis mode all the time. I wish people in that part of the world were, were kinder to people like me. Well, are you being kinder to, to a person like you? Are you giving yourself as much joy, relaxation, good treatment, and time off as you would like everyone in the world to have? Because if you're not, and you go telling the world to be different than you are, that's hypocrisy. Yeah, that makes total sense. So I want to talk about more about integrity and your definition of integrity. How do you define it? It's just, I love the term structural integrity. And that just means a machine is in working order. So an airplane in structural integrity can fly. And if it loses structural integrity, that is, if its parts stop working together right, it'll crash or not take off. So our lives are exactly the same way. When there are pieces of us that are torn away from each other in that duplicity I was talking about, when we've abandoned our truth and our true selves, um, we're not in structural integrity and we crash. And the first thing we feel is a sense of meaninglessness. The second thing is like emotional discontent. And the third thing is physical pain. So you're right on the cusp of that. And if you don't address it, if you don't go back to your structural integrity, you're going to have to start to have much worse problems. Not because you're being bad, it's because you're trying too hard to be good. And when you're trying too hard to be good and you're leaving yourself because the culture says good looks like this, when you do that, your suffering arises to help wake you up and say, look, nothing 
is as important as what you know in your deepest heart of hearts. No matter what they tell you about it, believe that, go to it. And if you do that, you start to heal. And so how can we tell if we are out of alignment and we are not following our integrity? Because since that power of culture is so strong, we might not ever realize that, oh, like I feel this bad because I'm just going with societal norms and not following my truth. How do you know if you're not actually following your truth? You'll have those discomforts. I actually came to believe, and this is after 30 years of looking at it, that the only reason we suffer psychologically is that we lose our truth. When we come back to our truth, there's this peace that we arrive at that is a, it's sometimes called the peace that passeth all understanding because it just, even in the middle of chaos, the soul goes into a place of deep peace. The moment we step into our truth. So we talked about how the moment we lie, we start to feel worse. Well, the moment we return to our integrity, we start to feel better. So I have found one sentence that feels that clicks that click of truth more than anything else for everyone I've talked to around the world, all different life circumstances. And that phrase is, I am meant to live in peace. So if you just think that, or anybody listening, think that phrase, I am meant to live in peace. And let yourself believe it for a moment. And you'll feel everything going chunk like a puzzle piece fitting in. And that's your body, heart, mind, soul saying, yes, we are aligned. That is the truth. Go there. And it starts to fix you the moment you believe it. The moment you come back to your truth, everything starts to get better. Oh my gosh. I think that's so powerful. I feel like I'm going to say that phrase when I'm trying, like if something bad happens, I feel like that will help direct me in the, in the right situation. I love that. So let's talk about hustle because we were just talking about how sometimes I'm working 16 hour, 18 hour days. Like I literally wake up eight, 8 AM to midnight. I am working pushing deals, whatever I'm doing to, to move the needle, to grow this podcast. I know you have a very particular perspective on hustle. Talk to us about that. Well, I had a friend who, she passed away, but she was a drug addict for 20 years, and then she was clean and sober for 20 years. And when you're a drug addict on the streets, you're always hustling to get more drugs. So 20 years after getting clean and sober, she said, I can still walk into any room and tell who's hustling. Because, it, and it's, a, it's an artificial way of trying to get what you want from the world. So it, I looked it up in the dictionary, several dictionaries actually, and I thought, this is amazing. This is a portrait of American culture in one word, because here are the definitions. The first one for hustle is go out there, grab life with both hands and make something good happen for yourself. Yeah. Second thing is to go very rapidly in a certain direction. Third thing, force someone else to go rapidly in a certain direction. Fourth thing, prostitute yourself, and last, to cheat or to swindle. And so we start out thinking, I'm just going to get life, you know, and I'm going to do the credible thing, you know, do the noble thing and hustle my way to success. But then we start falling into the other forms of hustling. And that's, that is very much our culture. And we need to like put the brakes on a bit and come back so that we make sure we don't fall into the negative side of hustling. So like, what's the alternative then? Like, how do we, I don't know, what's the right way to make progress then? The, the best way, I think the most effective and also by far the most enjoyable is called flow. 
by psychologists. And it's a state of working toward what we value the most in ways that correspond with our values at a level that's almost too hard for us. So it looks very similar to hustling because we're working, we can work really hard and be in flow. It's where athletes are when they're just, they become the game, you know, or a painter who disappears. Like when I paint, my verbal mind shuts down and nothing else exists. And, but I'm, I'm really working hard. I'm working the problem. So what you could do with your podcast or whoever out there is trying to build something if you think, I'm selling myself out, I'm like I'm doing things I don't really want, I'm trying to push people or deals that don't, it feels like a push. I always say to people, don't push the river, it flows by itself. So instead, you find your values, like the, what is a verb and an adverb that defines what you want your life to be about. So it could be loving unconditionally or creating continuously or serving joyfully. Like, what would yours be? Um, I like serving. I do a lot of serving. Serving creatively, maybe. Serving Beautiful. creatively. So then you think, all right, is the thing that I'm doing for my podcast this day, is it serving creatively? Is it in line with that, with my values? And then you make sure that every goal is a goal that comes from your whole self, not from you want to please this person, that person, the other person. Like when you're dealing with this issue with the Jewish-Palestinian conflict, you have to say, okay, I want to serve creatively, but I'm afraid I'll lose followers. Now, immediately you start creating a new story that'll spin people, right? You're like, I have a lot of Jewish friends, really, really. And I'm the same way. We're all the same way. We want to say we're, we're not being bad, but do you feel that that starts to go into anxiety instead of flow? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And so you go, ah, there, I got into the hustle. And the hustle isn't integrity. It's not, it's done for the right reasons, but it goes in a bad direction. So, okay, what would be serving creatively um, to, to help address this problem? I'm going to lose followers. Well, how could I gain more followers that I really want? when the ones that I really don't want go away. And then the anxiety goes down and you're like, this is now a creative problem to solve. It's not me running around trying to please everybody. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure like to your point, you may lose relationships speaking your truth. So is there a way to get around that? Or is like just that's something that we have to accept that we may lose relationships and connections sometimes when we go against culture and speak our truth? We can't control other people. Period. I mean, that's something, if you think you can control other people, you are out of integrity because you can't. You can, you can put a gun to their heads. You still can't control what they're thinking or feeling in their hearts, right? So if you set out to control other people, you are lost. And if you just live according to your integrity and people don't like it, you're going to have to accept that those are not the people that serve your happiness the best. And they will slough away. And that I go on these periodic, what I call integrity cleanses, where I like get super intense about it. Many times I've done a year without lying, or I tried to. I'm sure it slips out here and there. But the moment I do that, I lose friends. I, you know, there's one woman who she asked if she could come stay at my house. And I said, let me check with my integrity. And she said, no, if you have to check, then we're not friends anymore. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Bye. <laughs> I'm old enough now. I'm like, yeah, all right. I'll get some new people will come in and there'll be people 
who are drawn to your authenticity. And that actually, even if you go online, people hate being hustled. They don't want to go with a podcaster who's hustling them. They want somebody who shows up authentically and vulnerably and honestly. But it's scary as hell to show up that way. Too bad. We have to do it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any like actionable steps that we can take or like a challenge when it comes to speaking our truth and getting used to living a life of integrity? Yeah, I would say if you want to do a no lie challenge, take a day. Take three days and see if you can do it. See if you can get creative and watch what happens if you do decide to be really honest. If that's too big for you, that's fine. Make a one degree turn every day. And by one degree turn, I mean, if you're steering an airplane, somebody just told me if you're steering an airplane from New York to LA and you change course by just one degree north, you're gonna end up in Seattle. I don't know if that's true, I haven't done the math, but you will end up in a different place. Now, if you change by one degree every day for a lot of days, think of changing the course of an airplane by one degree every half hour. You wouldn't see the turn at all, but you'd end up in a completely different place. So every day, just notice, the whole first half of my book is just about noticing what's going on inside you. You don't have to do anything scary at all. Just notice, wow, I lied to that person. I said I wanted to do that when I don't. Okay, interesting, I'm gonna observe that. And the next time, I'm gonna say, give me time to think. And you can still, you can still, you know, you can leave your integrity because you're scared, but you will at least have said, give me time to think. That's a one degree turn. And do it every day, you'll be in a completely different life. Oh my gosh, I love that. And I think it's so important to say no to things and to be comfortable with saying no to things because your time is everything. And if it doesn't align with your end goal, then you could be doing a lot of stuff and making no progress at all towards your dreams. Oh, I've only done that for about 30 decades. You guys (laughs) take it from me. I'm old enough to tell you, don't do that. (laughs) Do what's right for you and say no. Young and profiters, as you may know, I launched my LinkedIn Secrets Masterclass a little bit over a year ago. It was my first course. And so far, I've generated well over $500,000. And the best part is, I didn't have to figure out how to set up my mastermind subscriptions, how to do abandoned cart targeting, and all of that tech geeky stuff. I just left that all to Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. And if you're in that I need to sell more with less stage, Shopify magic is your AI superpowered sidekick ready to whip up captivating content that converts. And it doesn't matter if you're selling digital products or vegan cosmetics. Shopify helps you sell anything anywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Stop those online window shoppers in their tracks and turn them into loyal customers with the internet's best converting checkout. I'm talking 36% better on average compared to the other options out there. It's no wonder Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US, including huge global brands like Allbirds and Thrive Cosmetics. It took me a day to set up my Shopify store. I set up chat, took two minutes, and I was done. One month from thinking of the idea to implementation, a year later, I've made half a million dollars on the idea. That's what it takes in 2024, just a good idea. And then utilizing a platform like Shopify that can help you make it a reality. There is no excuse these days. If you've got a good business idea and you think you'll be a good entrepreneur, 
You don't have to wait any longer. You don't have to be super techie. And you never have to worry about figuring it out on your own. Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profiting. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash profiting now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash profiting. Young and profiters, we are all making money. But is your money hustling for you? Meaning, are you investing? Putting your savings in the bank is just doing you a total disservice. You got to beat inflation. I've been investing heavily for years. I've got an E-Trade account. I've got a Robinhood account. And it used to be such a pain to manage all of my accounts. I'd hop from platform to platform. I'd always forget my Fidelity password. And then I have to reset my password. I knew that needed to change because I need to keep track of all my stuff. Everything got better once I started using Yahoo Finance, the sponsor of today's episode. You can securely link up all of your investment accounts in Yahoo Finance for one unified view of your wealth. They've got stock analyst ratings. They have independent research. I can customize charts and choose what metrics I want to display for all my stocks so I can make the best decisions. I can even dig into financial statements and balance sheets of the companies that I'm curious about. Whether you're a seasoned investor or looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. I love that. So the last story I want you to tell us is a story about your son. So I believe your second child has Down syndrome and you were told to abort him or you were, you were recommended to abort him. Tell us about that story and how you stuck to your integrity and what happened as a result. Yeah, this was the first time I actually came back from, the, from selling out. Like I was selling out to my culture all over the place and I had one child and then my second child was diagnosed with Down syndrome late, late, late in the pregnancy. It wasn't, a, I was only 25, so it wasn't a, an age thing, but I'd been through some, like I was in a fire that, where I got smoke inhalation, all these terrible things happened. And then they, they tested the baby just to see if everything was okay. And it wasn't, according to them. And there were five doctors at the Harvard Health Clinic, and um, I had several advisors, and they all said, you will get a very late-term abortion, or you will throw your life away and your career. And I'm pro-choice, strongly pro-choice. So that was not my reason. But my reason was, I was thinking, this is not about deciding about whether I want to have a baby. It's about deciding what kind of a baby is worth letting into the world. What kind of a life is worth living. And I looked around me at all these people who lived for intellect and achievement, and none of them seemed that happy. And I thought, you know, Emerson said, beauty is its own excuse for being. I thought, I think joy is its own excuse for being, not achievement, not intellect. So I said, no, I, I don't want to terminate. I want to keep this baby. And they said it was like having a malignant tumor and not letting them remove it. I just want to say that a few years later, my book about him was my first bestseller. So as far as ruining my life, I like to say the kid was a total cash cow. <laughs> Ka-ching! So don't believe what people tell you. If they're asking you to brutalize your integrity, go with your heart, go with your truth, and the results will speak for themselves. They will be its own, their own excuse for being. 
That's beautiful. So the last question I ask all my guests is what is your secret to profiting in life? And this could be your chance to tell us any lesson that we didn't get to hear yet, whatever you want to leave our listeners with in terms of improving their lives. What is your secret to profiting in life? Uh, My secret is I told you that suffering arises to get us back on track. I used to go deeply into suffering because I was very high achieving and I had a lot of mm, energy. Now, here's my motto, and I want you to write this down. Cave early. Like the moment you start to suffer, go, whoa, wrong way. I'm not going to do that anymore. No, thank you, ma'am, sir. And like turn in the direction, just a little bit, but in the direction of your truth and trust yourself. Then you'll know how to live. I love that. Thank you so much, Martha. Where can our listeners go to learn more about you and everything that you do? Um, Thank you, Holly. Just go to marthabeck.com and it's all right there or amazon.com for the book. Yes. And so that's called The Way of Integrity. Make sure you guys go grab that. I'll put all of that in the show notes. I'll put all her links in the show notes. Thank you so much, Martha. It was such a pleasure. I love this conversation. Thank you. It's wonderful to meet you. Thanks for listening to Young and Profiting Podcast. What a great interview with Martha Beck. And my favorite part of this interview, hands down, was when we were talking about culture versus nature. So let's go back to Martha's story. She grew up in a very Mormon household. At 17, she went off to Harvard. She stayed there for many years. She got three degrees. And the whole time she was in those environments, back in Utah and then in Harvard, she felt like she was lying about who she truly was. She felt like she was just going along with the culture. So to cure this, when she was 29, she decided not to tell a lie for an entire year. We've all heard that phrase, the truth will set you free. And she wanted to prove that point. And it did. That year of her life changed everything. When you stop lying, the truth arises. She lost her religion. She decided to change her job and she realized she was gay. And she said it was the best of times and it was the worst of times. She experienced so much loss. Her family disowned her. You know, she lost her first husband, but she got physically healthy. She started to align with her true values. She started to follow her passion. So there was good and bad. There was loss and gain by being one with yourself, by being truthful with yourself. So when it comes to culture versus nature, when she says culture, she means any set of rules humans create to control their own experience. And when she says nature, she means what we truly feel we're inclined to do. So what we naturally know is the truth of who we are. So culture is what tells you that you must have a normal job when jobs that are quote unquote normal are disappearing and your nature is to explore the unknown. Culture is to support an apartheid regime because it's what everyone has always done. Even when your nature tells you racism is bad and the murder of innocent children is wrong. So the word integrity comes from the Latin integer, which simply means intact, to be intact. It's to be one thing, whole, undivided. So think about a plane. When a plane is in its integrity, all of its millions of parts are working together smoothly and cooperatively, and everyone is flying safely. But if the plane loses its integrity, it may stall, falter, or crash. So I've been having this inner conflict about how much I should share my beliefs in regards to what is going on in Palestine. I have a platform now and it took a long time to build this and I've done nothing but good in terms of my good intentions of building this platform and the things that I speak about. It's always with pure good intentions. And for me, I feel very dishonest that I'm not talking about Palestine 
Because to me, what's going on there is wrong. It's unjust. I've studied it. I've studied the history and I've looked at the facts and I've looked at what the human rights organizations have said. And I've seen it with my own eyes. I've been in Palestine. I've been on the separate roads. I've I've seen people get mistreated. I've seen it with my own eyes. So they, I, there's too much proof in my life that I've witnessed for me to stay silent about this. And the same way I spoke up about Black Lives Matter, the same way I speak about any social justice issues, and I felt like I haven't been honest by not speaking about it and not spreading the message to everyone so that everybody can know the truth about what's going on so that we can all make a difference. And so I will be talking about it more because Martha reminded me that we have to express our truth, even if it means we lose people in the process. It's better for me to lose followers than to lose my integrity. And at the end of the day, anti-racism and inclusion are some of my most primary values. And again, I need to stand up for what is right Even if our culture is not 100% ready, I need to be the culture. I need to lead the way. And nobody has to validate that. Thank you so much for listening to Young and Profiting Podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you can always be alerted every time we drop a new episode. And as always, I'm going to read a recent Apple Podcast review. This review is from Katja. So inspiring. I love listening to Yap and I always learn something new. Thank you so much, Katja Benz. You are so appreciated. And if you would like to be featured on Young and Profiting Podcast, be like Katja. Remember to subscribe and give us a five star review. And go ahead, share Young and Profiting with your friends and family on social media. We love seeing your stuff posted on Instagram, posted on LinkedIn, and I'll always share and support the love. You can find me on Instagram at Yap with Hala or LinkedIn. Just search for my name. It's Hala Taha. And now I'm on Clubhouse and hosting rooms in there almost every single day. Also on Green Room, my username is at Hala Taha. Be sure to follow me on there. Big thanks to the Yap team as always. This is Hala signing off.